This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by PureVPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with PureVPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. So you teased it at the top of the show. You have got uh, an interesting thing to show us tonight, right, Avram? Yes. So let's. So nor. So normally I talk about some of the weird stuff that's going on. You know, the unfortunate copyright stuff that's going on with AI. But today I'm going to show you that there's an interesting new feature in ChatGPT, which also leads to a very interesting uh, and problematic set of security holes that they probably won't fix. So um, so let, let me share my screen and, and show you what I'm talking about. So uh, there were, so uh, OpenAI announced some new features that are available to GPT plus users. That is people who pay the, I think it's $20 a month, something like that uh, fee. Uh, and I have such an account. So, uh, and that gives you access to. Um, I want to share my share my screen now. That gives you access to the. Um, it gives you access to GPT four and a new feature called Code Interpreter, uh, also I think called Data Analyzer, and it allows you to upload files. For it'll help you with code, uh, it'll execute code. It executes Python code, and it will uh, help. And it will, um, like, it can write files to a little. It's running a little tiny virtual machine in Linux that you wouldn't know is there unless you looked for it. So, check this out. Um, you see this little clip clip here, it's a, it allows you to upload something. So I'm going to upload a file that I have. Now imagine you could upload files for a variety of reasons. One could be that it's a set of code that you want to test and help debugging. Another could be that it's a spreadsheet or a CSV file or whatever, and you want it to help analyze the data and give you some conclusions or even draw a chart. Uh, I have I'm going to upload, just to show you how bad this can be, I'm going to upload a little file called N environment variables. Now, this is something where you can imagine for some Python things, you may have a, you know, need to use an API or something where you need to create a file that has a password near API key. This, obviously, you could tell these are ones I made up. Um, so, but this is something that could happen. And I saw somebody tweet about, tweet about it, uh, about this exact thing. So I'm going to upload this. Um, now, I could ask it to do something with it, or if you just want it to be uploaded, you could just hit enter or whatever, or I don't even think you need to. I think once I've done that, it is uploaded. So here's the interesting thing, right? Uh, here, it's going to tell me what's in the file now because I just hit enter. And I should note that this, this uh, the chat GPT, at least at this, uh, point in its history is still fairly, still pretty slow. 
I mean, obviously we expect those computers get better. You want to have these kind of delays. So what did it tell me? It just said what my file was. Thanks a lot. Now, here's something interesting. Scott, you know some, some Linux commands, right? Sure. So check, check this out. Now, I've had instances where I had to recreate the environment if it didn't see this, but let's see. If I hit, if I type, if I type a command like ls, like to list, which is to list the stuff in the directory, it will literally tell you the contents of the directory include the file. And you can see here actually that it used some Python code to 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 do it. And what it shows you is that the all of the all of the data, all the files you upload and create are in a folder called mount slash mount slash data. I should note that if you want to see like what folder you're actually everything is stored in, if you type PWD, which is uh, in Linux, you know that'll tell you what folder you're you're in. It will tell you that you're in home sandbox. See, so and then you could ask it to list, and you can see like the directory structure of this virtual machine that you have. By the way, I should note that this uh, this gets reset every time you create a new chat. So, like if I go in, I create a new one. It's not going to have this file in it. So anyway, oh, it's telling me this, but I could also I could change the directory to home sandbox, and I could tell you what folders are under home sandbox and I've seen all kinds of guides about how you can do things like install Python libraries in here. You might even be able to install some software. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a very clunky interface for accessing your command prompt, right? Although you can sort of see how it's just doing this via Python. But let's talk. So let's talk about our vulnerability. So we have a file here that has some sensitive data in it. Now, imagine if for some reason you had it. This also can read stuff off of URLs. Now, imagine if for some reason you had to paste in a URL. Maybe you wanted to ask it for some information from the URL, like you could ask it for the weather from a site that has weather, or you could just paste in the URL and see what it interprets from the URL. So for, for, for giggles, I'll paste in a very non-problematic URL. I'm just going to show the, I'm just going to take, uh, the latest article we were discussing and paste that in and see see what it tells me about it. Um, now, this is just to kind of show you what it does when you give it a URL. It may say error, and I'll be missed, and I'll be sorry for that, but it usually will just sort of summarize the page if you just give it a URL. You could also ask it a question like based on the URL. So it has this feature called browsing with Bing, and it literally just loads the web page and and it sort of see it sort of just summarize the article right anyway who you might say well who who cares you're right who cares but what if that web page had embedded within it a prompt that would get the uh chat gpt to actually perform an action rather than simply um rather than simply uh you know summarizing something so i created a fake web page a, well i create a web page with instructions on it now the guy who shared with me the method for doing this the security researcher johan rayberger maybe promised not to share his exact prompts with folks because he's worried they're all going to use this security hole i i 
promised him, so I'm not going to do it. But I, I, I think people actually should know the exact way to do this. Um, but anyway, you can imagine that you put in something that says that the, these are uh, important instructions and then tell it what to do uh, and, you know, and then tell it what to do. And you, so I did that on a page and, and by the way, this could be on a page that has nothing but the, 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 the malign instructions or has like the weather. Uh, oh, ha ha ha. It's not doing it. Uh, it seems to be part of a tester demonstration. No, yes, it is, but I wanted it to execute. <laughs> Okay, let's try. I have That's like six versions funny. of this page. So I have another version of this page that has the weather on it. So I could now, I want to say that this, like, this, so this absolutely has worked for me, but sometimes, but like all prompt injection, it doesn't work all the time. So here's one where it has the weather on, and I put in the word weather to see if it would actually like tell me what. The weather forecast. So I have a weather forecast and then the instructions for it. Ah, you see it did it. See that? Thanks for so okay. So my instructions okay, so here's what my instructions told it. It told it to put a to to tell the user thanks for sharing your data. Then it says, here's the URL containing the information you requested with your data encoded. Now, in this case, it's not going to work until I click this link. Although a person might be like, hey, I want to click this link. Uh, but in other cases, it just did it without actually creating a link. It just actually did the thing. So what's the thing? Well, it, it goes to a, a web page. And what it has done is it has, you can actually, let me take it back so you can actually see it. This web page now has received uh the data from that file that i uploaded as a, as a query string right and i have uh coded this now this is what a you know kind of what a hacker would do right to write a file so um you know so here i have an ftp you can see i have i have my ftp directory from this server and Ugh, it's disconnected, but what it does, what it was doing is writing a bunch of text files with that data in it to my server. So in other words, and, and if I were, a, you know, a professional hacker, I wouldn't write text files, I'd write a database and I'd have an, a huge database of whoever was the fool that, that put this URL in and shared their data with me, right? Inadvertently shared their data with me. I could also put other instructions in, in there that could ask it to run something. Um, I tried and it will not delete files. So, so I cannot tell it because you can't delete files. So I can't tell it like delete. If I tell it to delete, uh, like, and, and my file and bar, it will say that it did and then the file's still there. So I think that that's a protection against people remotely deleting stuff, but still, if there was still, you could absolutely make it run code. Now, what kind of code would be dangerous in this environment? I'm not sure. Uh, obviously, to exfiltrate the data, you know, to, to get the data out, you would need to have, you know, the prompt injected this way. Um, or conversely, by the way, this could happen via, um, possibly could even be done via an image markup. 
So if like there was an image somewhere that you copied and pasted and into here and it was in the, you know, you might end up with like, it, it might, or you, you copy paste something in here and it might have like an image SRC tag, which, which ha actually is the prompt injection in it or something like that. So um, anyway, the point is that it's fairly, uh, there. you could have valuable data in here and you could be loading a web page, which is, you know, untrusted code, and it could be uh, getting your data from here. Another thing that's of some interest is that um, if you have a, you can create your own GPTs now, your own chats and share them with, with the public. I'm not for, to get them to do various things. And if you have files in that, absolutely somebody can go, could go in there and, can go in there and get it to open your your files. So obviously, if you're sharing it with the public, don't be a fool and put put important information there. But I saw somebody actually like put up a challenge on Twitter saying like, "Hey, I have this GPT. Can you go in here and try and read my environment file <laughs> and convince it to read the environment file?" And and a bunch of people did. So uh, I think. I think you're getting the point, which is that you can, um, which is that you can easily, it can easily exfiltrate your data. And if you have important data in there, it's going to get to it. Um, so on the other hand, if it's not important data to you, it's kind of a neat feature to be, to be able to kind of test and run uh, code with the help of this AI. Uh, I haven't exactly seen a scenario where I wanted to use it, but um, where I would have found it helpful, but uh, maybe there will be some that, that do. What, what do you think, Scott? It It's certainly interesting. I um, my, my mind definitely goes and starts thinking nefarious things. Um, Maybe because of the presentation, or maybe because that's just where my mind went natively. I don't know, um, but it's I I can't come up with any. Well, I don't know. Maybe I can come up with some some legitimate uses, but I can come nefarious uses came to mind immediately. <laughs> right, but then someone would have to actually be using this for legitimate uses before they could be victim to the nefarious ones. Uh, I was reading about this because Code Interpreter has actually been in beta for a while. Uh, and so I, I found some articles, like here's one I was looking at that said, like, what can you do with it? And one of them is data analysis and visualization. So that's not really Code Interpreter, That's but it uses the same VM, so it's the same issues. Uh, sure. that's, you can like have it create a map or something from a CSV. So, or map or a chart from a CSV for you. So okay. that I can actually see people using more obviously for code. Uh, it's something like using GPT to write code. Uh, I mean, I guess if you have something that you're getting an error in and then you, but there's probably, but usually the thing is, most of the time, if you're working with Python libraries or you're working with anything, there's many different files that you're working with. You need, yeah. you might need a library to be installed. So you're taught, so you're going to have to give it a lot of data. Now, actually, even though 
believe it or not, you can actually install, like there are ways of installing Pyth outside Python libraries on this, which I, which makes it also seem to me like there might, that might also be a security hole uh -huh. because what if the library itself was malicious? Yeah. Um, but you, uh, you and, can't use like wget, but you can use, the, I think you, there are ways to use pip. And what if the library it. changes? Cause we saw that, right? We talked about that a year, year and a half ago. There was a, a popular open source library that changed itself. It got popular and then they, they changed the way it worked and it started deleting data from Russians or something. Right. So there's, you could, you could build a library that's useful grow it up and then have make that nefarious on chat GPT. That's interesting. Yeah. Oh, you also can use this to upload images. So the upload feature you can use to upload images. And I think you can have it actually do something with the images. So that's like, for example, uh, one example I see is you could somebody uploaded a picture of an apple and then it asked uh, GPT ChatGPT to animate it, and they gave them an animated GIF of an apple moving. Uh, okay. I mean, to be honest, like most, like most things that are that are based on this, that I cannot personally find a very good reason to use it. It's like, like I scratch my head, like, yeah, is there something where I really need? I mean, not even like where I really need, just like where this would make my life easier. And it's really hard to grasp because it's like, okay, so I'm going to ask it to write code for me, but what code am I going to ask it to write? And then the answer that you always get from people when you say this is like, oh, anything, anything you want. But that's that's like telling somebody who, who speaks another language, like, what do you say something in Spanish? What? Oh, anything, just say something. Like you... You need specifics, right? Mm -hmm. And then when you get to the specifics of what you want, you you need to know how Python, you need to know how the programming language works to know what to ask for, right? Mm -hmm. Because right. so so you can't just say like make me a game, you know, like yeah, uh, you you have to know like what's realistic and what's not, what you know, what works and what doesn't, and all this stuff. And right. then by the time you spelled all of that out. I feel like it's just e probably easier to do it, to write it yourself, unless you have something where you ran into a problem and were like, oh, what, can you help me debug this? And maybe yeah. it would help you, but I don't know uh, if it would get it right. Or could, or perhaps, and I've had this happen to me with, you know, uh, Google SGE, which I generally hate, but I've had pro things where I asked it, like, oh, wait, how do I do this in my SQL? And normally I would end up on a uh, Stack Overflow page or something that would give me the answer. Um, but now, because they've stolen that data from sites like Stack Overflow, it'll say it right in the search results. Oh, yeah, I just use this command. And I'll be, oh, okay, that's great. Because a lot of this, this information I'm looking up, I've done it one time in the past, but I forgot how to do it. Or... Yeah. It's something that's fairly obvious. Like, oh yeah, there. I know there's a way to do this, but I forgot the exact syntax. Um, and and mm -hmm. so uh, and so I'll look it up. Uh, but you know, I would. It's like doing call that. 
it's like doing exactly anything with regex. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly that. So yeah, so that would be a great a great example of where I could use help because I have a lot of problems with uh, with regex. Uh, yeah. it, it causes me no end of of torture. And like the sites that I've used to help you, like I think there was some. There's a site called regex. I forget. There's some site that's supposed to tell you everything you need to know about regex and mm -hmm. let you test it. And I go there every time, and I still can't figure out how to do what I want to do. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it doesn't help. It's slightly different in like PHP than it is in JavaScript because there's different regex engines. So uh -huh. that's and, exactly the kind of and thing. different different languages have different escape characters. That, honest to God, the different escape characters between JavaScript, PHP, C sharp, VB. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that is oftentimes the biggest the biggest challenge in trying to figure out, well, why isn't this regex working? Oh, well, because it's an escape character in PHP, which is what I was looking yeah, at. Yeah. I'm doing it in yeah, C sharp. Yeah. I've been there. It's happened to me. Um, so <laughs> I have uh, a book. So, and, and every example for regex is in like 11 languages. Yeah. <laughs> like this page it, is how to do a date it, in regular expressions. And this one is JavaScript, and this one's PHP, and this one's C Sharp, and this one's so, PB, and this one's Perl. So, <laughs> so that's the kind of thing I would kind of, I mean, that is the kind of thing I would kind of like to, um, yeah. like, I think that's the kind of thing where I actually could would appreciate uh, an AI helper, because that would be a great natural language thing, if it worked well. It, I was saying, know, that's a big if the results were trustable, which... Based yes. on, based on Mark, so, so Mark did a whole deep dive into the validity of code that comes out of ChatGPT. He's like, you would have better luck walking out your front door, stopping the first person walking their dog, asking them the same question. Their result is going to be just as valid as what ChatGPT gives you. <laughs> right. So... So for so for that reason, uh, so that, that's the thing, right? That's I mean now we're getting to kind of the crux of one of the biggest problems with AI, which is that right. if you you need to know enough to know when it's wrong, and the people who really need want this information won't know enough to know when it's wrong, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and and the more like for example, I many times I praised. Uh, Bing chat for actually giving footnotes for actually giving sources. Right. And then when I did that, I got user, co I got comments from people saying, Oh, but did you click on the sources to see if it actually says what it said? It said, <laughs> and, and I had to say, like, I thought, you know, it looked credible, oh, <laughs> but no. I mean, cause who's going to go, but but it, it is quite possible for even when a, you have a situation, an AI that provides sources that the footnote or whatever source it yeah. cites might not have actually said the thing that it says it said. The sources right? could be equally nonsensical. It could be, it could just, you know what I mean is it could just be that like you click to that link and yeah. oh, I, Tom's hardware said this. And then you look and no, actually that's yeah. not what Tom's hardware said or whatever, but you have to actually do check on it. You have to check it. Right. Uh, so the, which, so which the kind footnotes, of begs the question, why have an AI at all? The footnotes 
Oh, fascinating. So the footnotes. Now, I don't be... know how frequently that is, but I know what well, happens. Obviously, I don't know if you it's know. Most of the time, half the time, or obviously, or, you know, now rarely. I'm going to have to write a thing to do that. Uh, but, oh, and so having the footnotes in our own conversations, having the footnotes at all has added a level of credibility to the concept. Right. Yes. And even we have not gone through and always verified that the footnotes right. are I'm any more valid you, you, than what's you, in there. Oh. Right. It's just as a publisher, I was like, oh, thank you for for, for linking to publishers uh, that you stole stuff from. But you might have actually made up the stuff that you stole. Um, but you're, now, I mean, you're quoting to be them fair, in the, in the case of SGE, they don't make it up. They just steal it word for word. Um, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but... Uh, but I have heard, and I haven't, like I said, I haven't verified this enough to know how often it happens, right? How often they're making stuff up. But I guess the point is, right, so you, you can't necessarily trust it. Um, you, you, you can't necessarily trust it. Uh, I have been real busy with other stuff, so I haven't spent a lot of time going through and finding stuff that uh, hallucinations and, and plagiarism of, of AIs lately, and there's a lot more we could say about lawsuits that are ongoing, mm-hmm. about the AI provisions in the WGA and SAG agreements, about yeah. the uh, Media News Alliance uh, creating a fast, did I mention this last time we were on, a fascinating white paper, yes. uh, Media News Alliance came out that cited uh, me among a million other people, and they cited me correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so for, they, the white the white paper wasn't written by Bing, is what you're saying? Yes, yes. Well, all, the only the only thing it said really was like it has been said. They didn't even say April Pilcher. It has been said that um, that that Google's SGE is a plagiarism stew in quotes, and then it, the footnote was my article. So, so, eh, you know, that's fine. Sure. Whatever. I've heard other. That that uh, line of me calling it plagiarism seems to have caught on because I saw a bunch of people tweet that at the time, and I go, "Oh, it's plagiarism," and, and that's I, I feel like it's a good description. But anyway, so yeah. anyway, bottom line, back to what ChatGPT is doing. Uh, once again, they are vulnerable to prompt injection. Uh, now, things can get better. I mean, these things certainly can get better and better at trying to detect that. Oh, if something's on the page that you just fed me, maybe I shouldn't treat it as an instruction. I mean, in the programming terms, you would think that it was a literal, a string literal, right? Yeah. Not a yeah. not a command. Like I can make a string literal that says erase your data, but if you read that as a string, it's just going to see it as text, not an actual, not actual code. So it right. is a little messed up that you can give it a URL and then it sees it as it might or might not see it as code, right? Um, yeah, it's so it's almost like the JavaScript equivalent of going and doing a get and then running it through an exec. Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't exact. It shouldn't exact, right? It's just it yeah. should it should sandbox. It should be able to sandbox that uh, content and treat it as data, not yeah. as as instruction. And yet, yeah, nevertheless. It nevertheless, that kind of thing works and it has continued to work for months. And sometimes it won't work, but then it starts working again. So, like, I, you know, it's, it's 
like sometimes I'll put in a URL and I'll say something like that URL is bad. I can't, I can't use that. And then I'll open a new chat session and it'll work. So uh, I'm not really, I'm not really, so like I'm not, these things don't work a hundred percent of the time, but mm-hmm. uh, this one actually with the, the, this one with the URL seems to work a lot. Now, okay. granted the, the, I think the big question that I don't have a great answer for is when would somebody end it? How often would people paste a URL into their browser? Uh, I don't know. You know, and how will you all that they don't from a website that they don't know or trust? I don't know. There could be some social engineering to get somebody to do it. Uh, keystroke poisoning. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or, so it's or library uh, uh, website injection. You know, a, a WordPress plugin that gets hijacked that can then uh, inject. Uh, right. So text. it might be a website that you trust. It might be a website that you trust and that site has been hijacked. Yeah. Although or, I still or have, the plugin, I, the plugin functions the way you want it to, but it's looking at user agent string. And if it's coming from, from Bing or chat GPT or whatever the user agent string is for the browse with Bing, uh, it behaves differently. It injects stuff onto the page. Right. Cause all it has, all like it's right exactly so you know now i i can't personally see a time when i would be using this this and be like hey i'm just going to paste the url in here uh or paste the url in here to that has data on it that i want and ask for the data but i get but it's i don't know it's possible i mean maybe you could do i bet honestly i bet using this and or doing it through the api um i bet it'll make normalizing scraped data an easier process yeah possibly it's, it's possibly. the thing that I, it's the thing that i'm thinking so i wonder if you could normalize normalize data from it you mean like oh hey visit new egg and get all of the prices for me sure yeah Give i mean me i gotta a... tell you if someone's trying to program that kind of thing it's very hard because you keep oh, getting yeah, blocked but yeah it is um they but and they used to have they used to have a SKU catalog. That you, I mean that I'm, I'm not that just way. picking on Newegg. I mean there's like all the majors, yeah. right? Like every time this time of year when we're talking about deals and sales, like I've mm-hmm. tried so many times to write good scrapers, and we could go off on that for hours. But anyway, yeah. my point about this is uh, I'm going to have an article about this up tomorrow on Tom's Hardware. So you can see more about how, how, what the problem is. But I think the key message here is be very careful by with putting important data in chat. You can see. Yeah. Well, I think that's been generally been our takeaway with, uh, with AI in general is, but this, but this is inviting you, you, but in this one, yeah, in this one, there's this environment in which, you can actually actively feed information into it. Right. Yeah. See, the thing is for before this, you, what, you know, what, how were you going to give it your data? You were going to be like, have to write it in like, Oh yes, my password is this. Like, you're not going to do that. But, but here you're kind of being invited to like, you might have like a upload a giant zip file full of stuff, full of like code or, or something that Mm -hmm. has, 
your API key because you were testing something that used an API. Sure. That's valuable data for someone to steal. Yeah, it is. Really, really interesting. Uh, I'm going to be spinning on this for quite some time because there's a lot of lot of potential, certainly potential negatives, but I'm already thinking on some potential positives as well that I'm intrigued yeah. by. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> as always, Avram, I appreciate this. This was a really interesting one, and my brain is doing all kinds of weird stuff right now, uh, thinking about some projects and how this might be useful. Uh, so <laughs> I appreciate this, and uh, as always, I look forward to what we talk about next time.